0: Looking at the Word of God this morning and we're continuing the subject that we started started last week. And uh, you remember we looked at the word until last week in the book of Hosea. Now I have preached this before. You might have been here. I've preached it twice in forty years, but this is complete extension. Every point back then is now a sermon. So we've extended it a bit because it's it's very relevant for what is going on today. And if you don't believe it is, just turn your phone on and hit Google and see what comes up. And on my phone, I don't know if it's because I'm a preacher, but there's preachers all over the place, all over the world, in Africa and America and all over, that see the relevance of what's going on. And um, I don't say that you should go there and listen to them all because you might get confused. (laughs) Just go to the Bible and read that. Um, So there was some preaching on the second coming. Some were preaching on blood moons. And I was trying, what's all these red red dots, all this and all this? uh, and uh, I sort of got the gist of what he's trying to say. Some were speaking about the stars and astrology. I thought, my goodness, let's just stick to the Bible. (laughs) And others were talking about something that's happening this week, started on Friday night at sundown and goes for seven to eight days. And what's that? It, it doesn't have relevance to the church. There is ap- maybe an application, but what is happening this week? If you are in Israel, Feast oh, yeah. the Feast of the Trumpets. Yeah, the Feast of the Trumpets is happening, and that's when they put they make booths up and they go in there and and they they put branches everywhere on the side and the top. We were there when it actually happened. We we're at the tail end after it had finished ten years ago, and. They had palm branches, all sorts of branches. That, I don't know where they got them all from because the whole of Israel was doing it. And they got it on their porches outside and on the sides. And it's supposed to be to remind them of what we've been studying the Exodus and the 40 years in the wilderness. And they can see through the branches, they can see the stars, and it's like camping out with God. Huh. I've got a, a book by Mr. Alfred, and it's a book called Camping with God. And it goes right along those lines and it's all about the, the trials and tribulations and all about the things in the wilderness, the tabernacle and all the colours of it, all the cloth of it, the, the, the gold, the silver and all that. And it goes right into a whole book about camping with God. And hey, folks, we are, we are pilgrims. We were looking at that Wednesday night. We're pilgrims passing through this world and we're just camping with God. We're not making our permanent stakes here. Our permanent stakes are in heaven. And so, yeah, the Feast of the Trumpets is on this weekend. And if you're in Israel, it'd be more evident because that's where it started. The seven main feasts, and one of them is, of Israel, is this one, this weekend. So these people are doing that. There's all sorts of videos up and things you can watch in sermons. I even... (laughs) Even got onto one of my relatives, Peter Jekyll, and he preaches down in Melbourne. His father passed away this week, uh, Graham Jekyll, and he was a pastor at um, Yarrawonga for a lot of his life, not in the circles we're in. And uh, he, he, I just wanted to hear what he had to say, <laughs> and he was even on the subject, looking at looking at his subject, but he had to. He had to. Um, Put his, lay his father to rest, and the same place as Uncle Cecil. His dad was buried. Westburn is becoming a preacher's graveyard. <laughs> uh, Pastor, Pastor uh, Cecil Jekyll. That'd been 20 years ago or so, and then uh, his son Graham Jekyll, and Pastor Hill. Just the other just the other day, and they're all very, they're all pretty close. I was looking at the web; they're all pretty close to the same spot. So when the rapture happens, there's a few graves opened all around that spot <laughs> when the Lord comes. It's... <clears throat> anyway, praise the Lord, the people are preaching these truths. Remember last week I mentioned how my Uncle Wallace, that's my great uncle, <clears throat> when I was only a mid-teenager, and I was hoping that Noah was sitting right up the front here, <laughs> but he came come down with a little pointer. Now, this might be heard over there anyway. And he had the big the big chart was amazing. He was pointing at everything on the chart. And he came down the aisle and remember I said on that side, no, and he and he goes, Sonny, <laughs> and he asked me a question. And I I was thinking something different. And as I said last week, and he said, Ah. And he went on to someone else to ask the question. But I knew I didn't get offended. And you know, from I believe, as I think back, from that question that My great-uncle, who was a pastor, asked me that day. From that point on, I really started studying prophecy. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. It's like he threw a mantle at me. Remember Elijah? And throwing the mantle at Elijah is, this is your ministry. And I've seen that happen at ordinations for pastors, where one pastor takes his jacket off and throws it at the other guy, just in joking and says, now you've got the mantle of pastoring. But um, <clears throat> way back then, he tapped me on the shoulder and I think it was the Lord's tap, you know, with, with a stick like that and, and said, you know, have you looked at this? What is it about? And I was thinking right through it and have ever since. And that's 50 years ago when that tap on the shoulder came. You see, God taps us on the shoulder. And it might be a, a career, it might be a calling of some sort, and gets us thinking about spiritual matters, and it can be all different things that the tap on the shoulder comes you know you 're walking down the street and someone taps you on the shoulder you 're hoping when you turn it 's a friendly face <laughs> it usually is you know, and you can talk to them well <clears throat> and they might just say you know how are you going? Have you ever done that to someone that you thought was someone else? you tapped them and they turn ra- oh, wrong person <laughs> I have." <laughs> and yet sort of very embarrassed sorry I didn't mean that <clears throat> but we, the Lord taps us on the shoulder in salvation in sanctification in service and says I have need of you like he said to Moses when did he tap Moses on the shoulder you know, <laughs> at the burning bush take off your shoes it is holy ground and from that time, Moses was initiated into ministry to go and get 2 million people out of Egypt and walk through the desert with them for 40 years. So <clears throat> there is that tap on the shoulder, and maybe you've heard it. Maybe the Lord will do it today. Uh, <clears throat> thinking of the untills we started with a few Weeks ago, let me just go through them again so you get them in the context. Last week, we looked at the until of dispersion found in Hosea. Israel, the nation, would be dispersed and have been for over 2,500, 2,600 years from their homeland. They're back there now. And it says, till they acknowledge their offence. They're going to be dispersed. It's called the diaspora. If you talk to Jews, they're in the diaspora. They've scattered. And uh, prophecies like in Isaiah and Jeremiah speak of the diaspora. They're scattering. Today we look at the until of desolation. Behold, your house is left to you desolate that we read in the reading this morning. Until you say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And this all has to do with Jewish people. It's not to do with us. But because we can look on at what the Old Testament says, it gives us a great idea of where we're at in God's time scale. We can see where we're at. And we're at the end. <laughs> That's what it's saying. And uh, because their disposition has happened, but what are they now? They're a nation. In 1948, they became a nation. That is changed. That has changed. Not fully. They're still under Gentile... They're still under the thumb, as it were, (laughs) as they have been, even from way back in Daniel's time, 2,600 years ago. But the until of desolation is another until, the until of Gentile domination, and that's the third one, Lord willing, We'll look at that next week, the until of de- domination, where Gentiles dominate or have the say at what happens to Israel. But the until of desolation. This until goes along and parallels with the until of dispersion. They run together because they've been dispersed for all those years and particularly from their offence of crucifying their Messiah, the Lord Jesus, they've been dispersed, but this desolation happened to them. Time after time after time, desolation. And we're going to get to the end of this and parallel it with the Christian life. So keep in mind what we're saying as we go through. It parallels there with the dispersion. Till they acknowledge their offence, then they'll get... Right with God. <laughs> this desolation brings finality to it. There's desolations happen all the time they've been dispersed. And if you've got a history of the Jews, and I'm sure there's been books written about all the history of the Jews, there's one, <laughs> we've got the Bible, but during the church age, if you could have a history, all the desolations. I wonder if God's got a record of all the desolations that happened to individual families. Uh, n- groups of Jews within nations. If you go anywhere in, well, even in the world, but in Australia, have you been to a Jewish area? Like, you know, there's Islamic areas and, and that in Sydney. Uh, oh, Lakemba. Lakemba, okay, Sydney. <laughs> and, and, but in, as far as the Jews are concerned, they're the same. There's areas where they congregate together because they, they keep fellowship, they keep going to the synagogue. But all over the world, they, they've built up, they've come in, All over this time of dispersion. And they've built up their buildings, they've had their houses, and then, wham, comes persecution, and they're splattered and scattered and killed everywhere. That's just a matter of history. And no rest for the sole of their feet. Um, As I've showed this book before, it's getting a bit tattered now. But uh, Hope in a World of Chaos, and page 42 is where the seed of this sermon come from. There's one paragraph that Uncle Wally put in there about the tills and the two days. And it's only about that long, but I've made it five sermons, but I'm not copying him, just a thought. He he said, listen to what happened in John chapter 4. The Lord Jesus was in Jerusalem. He was going north to Galilee. And in between it, What's in between it? What do we call it today, actually? If you've been to Israel? West Bank. West Bank. That's the West Bank. And Jews back in the Lord Jesus' time didn't go through the West Bank. It's called, in the Bible, in John 4, the land or place of the Samaritans. The Samaritans. and he said this before he went in verse 4 of John 4 I must needs go through Samaria Jews just didn't do that because they were a mixed race they were counted as Gentiles they were counted as dogs by the Jews they went all the way down into the Jordan Valley and all the way up to to go around it walking not on a car in a car maybe on a donkey (laughs) but the Lord Jesus I must needs go and if you look at what happened when he was there it was all about the gospel he didn't do any miracles it was about church stuff that happens in the church age and then they pleaded with him to stay the Samaritan said please stay and I tell us more he said no I've got to move on where back to Jewish territory in Galilee Two days he did that, and I think that's very likened to the church. He's been ministering 2,000 years in twos, if you want to call it. Last week we concluded, and we couldn't say when, this dispersion of the Jews was going to finish. How? Or set a date. And people on the internet are all setting dates. Don't do that. Now, if you got the gist that I was setting a date last week, I'm not... (laughs) Because, you know, when did it all start? Because we don't even know when Christ was born. It could have been zero, most likely not. And and most people say at least 4 BC he was born, maybe 5, maybe 6. And then was the dispersion that's spoken about, that we spoke about, did it happen in 70 AD when Titus come in and dispersed them? So, you see, we have to be careful about setting the dates. But the time frame is there. And I think we're looking at it in our day of coming to a conclusion. We've been told, as I mentioned in Hebrews 10.25, we'll see the day approaching. We've been told in Matthew 24.32 that when the fig tree buds and the fig tree is representative of Israel, we'll know that summer is near. He said to the people he's talking to, fig tree budding what's happening soon summer and that budded in 1948 as far as israel's concerned in matthew 16 3 we can discern this he said to the pharisees you can discern this the skies you know it's going to rain tomorrow because the red sky t- uh, is that the way it is red sky at night of sailors delight okay no rain tomorrow <laughs> and the other way around <laughs> um you in the morning yeah okay yeah that's right thanks (laughs) in the red sky in the morning a sailor's warning yeah thanks Ross and that's and and the, the Lord said that to the Pharisees they were talking about that sort of thing back then to the religious leaders he said but you cannot discern the signs of the times and it's an indictment against believing people that we cannot discern the signs of the times and that's what the Lord was saying to them let's have our eyes open Matthew 6.3 reads, we can discern the signs but not the times. We could add to that a lot of things from Bible references. And uh, let me just quote a few of these. I've got them written down so you don't have to turn to them. I did have them written down. And it says, we are to look. Look for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> looking for in Titus two and verse thirteen the blessed hope and glorious appearance of our great God and Saviour Jesus Christ. Where to look for it? If you're looking for something, you got your eyes peeled. In Titus two thirteen, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing. Oh, that's the one we just did. <laughs> Philippians for our conversation is in heaven from where also we look for the Saviour. Hebrews 9:28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him. Look for his appearing. <laughs> Timothy 4, 8. Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day. And not to me only, but all unto all them that love. Look <laughs> for his appearing in 2 Peter 3:12 to 14 there's seven times we're told to look for it and in this these verses in 2 Peter 3:12 to 14 it's used three times seeing then that these things shall be dissolved what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy living and godliness looking for the and hastening the coming day of the Lord in which the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat Nevertheless we according to his promise look for a new heaven a new earth in which dwelleth righteousness wherefore beloved seeing that ye look for such things yeah, we've been told to look for these things um, Romans thirteen eleven also and that knowing the, the time that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed and over in First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verses 1 to 4. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman. And I was looking around the world today and I think, no peace and safety right now. (laughs) It's turmoil everywhere. And I thought, okay. And actually, on the way out last week, uh, uh, John, who was not able to make it this morning, not John, we'll have to say John number one, John number two, and John number three now, <laughs> one, two, and John, who's not here, said on the way out last night, there's no peace and safety around. But then he said, have you heard of the UAE, United Arab Emirates? And uh, Mr. Trump's son-in-law who is a Jew and how he's got a deal together and they've signed it with Bahrain, and other Arabs are really up in arms. So I went on and Googled, it's all on Google, (laughs) and said uh, which nations are for it, which are against it over there in Israel. It's interesting. The ones that are against this peace deal, uh, you could almost read Ezekiel 38 and say, it is Turkey, (laughs) Iran, Libya, Pakistan, all the ones that are mentioned in Ezekiel 38 that are going to come down and invade Israel. But all the other Arabs are trying to get together to make normalisation with Israel. In other words, let's just try, let's just work this out. Bring it on. <laughs> Peace, please. Because when they say, we've got it together, that's when sudden destruction comes. Um, <clears throat> know the scriptures. And that's what it says here in First Thessalonians. When they say peace and safety, man thinks he's got it worked out, and then all of a sudden it hits him like a, like a brick. There's a, there's a saying there, um, <clears throat> there that in the Scriptures there's several of them that we need to be aware, and it'll, it'll, it, it'll come upon them like a snare, it says. Ye are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. The treaty of peace. Jared Kushner, that's his name, isn't it, that's that's worked this out. In fact, there's 1.2 million Arabs in Iran and in the United Arab Emirates that have signed a petition against it. There's a lot more millions that are for it, to bring in peace, and it would make it thrive. So Israel's dispersion won't last forever. Even in our day, 50% of those that were dispersed around the world since 1948, 50% of the Jews are back in the land and half are scattered through the nations. Don't know the day nor the hour, but we're told not to be ignorant of the times and seasons. Let's consider this desolation. This is a sad thing for Israel. This desolation, as I started with, is both continuing for the Jews and is ongoing. It's ongoing. It's an ongoing issue with the desolation they're being ha- they've had over the years. Listen to what a little bit of history here. During Jerusalem's long history, it's been destroyed two times. It's been besieged 23 times. It's been attacked 52 times, uh, <clears throat> captured and recaptured 44 times. And then the last one, the... Last desolation of Jerusalem was, well, following the desolation in 70 AD of Jerusalem, Masada. We all know about Masada. If you've been to Israel, you're supposed to go to Masada. We didn't get time to do it, but we saw it from a distance. And that was in 73 AD when a few Jews, 690 held up there on Masada that had been built by Herod the Great as a resort. So it was quite a palatious place. But then they held up there and the Romans built a ramp right up. Built a ramp so they could get up. And when they got there, what did they find? Nobody's home. Except for a few. I think a few women hid. The rest had jumped off and committed suicide. Instead of letting the Romans capture them. Desolation. Desolation. Over and over again. You know, I think if Australians had been desolated for 2,500, 600 years, we wouldn't be a nation. We wouldn't be a people that the Jews have held together. God's a plan for them. So the till of desolation or consummation, continuing ongoing desolations have happened. As we read in Matthew 23 in verse 37 to 39, you shall not see me henceforth till ye say, blessed is he, they haven't said it yet. They haven't admitted that Jesus was their Messiah. They crucified him. And it says, Behold, your house is left to you desolate until that time. The commencement of this desolation. Let's go to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, chapter 24, where we were reading this morning, where Pastor McConnell read for us. And he said, After He talked about their desolation in verse 38 of the previous chapter. Your house is left to you desolate. Your nation, your house is left to you desolate. You shall not see me till ye say. Then he said, well, then they went out in verse 1 of 24 and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him and showed him the buildings of the temple. Now, if you start thinking, who refurbished this temple? That the, the disciples would look at this wonderful building we've got here. Who did it? Herod the Great. What had Herod the Great done when Jesus was born? He killed all the babies in Bethlehem trying to kill the Lord Jesus. So the Lord Jesus has got this in mind. He's not silly. I know this. this fox. <laughs> he called him once. This fox. <laughs> Cunning. Sneaky. I know what he's up to, and I know why he built the temple and all the motives. and And, and the Lord was saying, "Don't glory in things down on this world." I think, and the buildings, and as we look around the world, and just enormous amount of buildings have happened in the last one hundred and fifty years. But let's not glory in it. And they were showing him the buildings of the temple, and Jesus said unto them, "See, not ye not these things? I say unto you, there shall not be." Left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Desolation. All these things are going to be wrecked. I mean, going to be pulled down. They didn't have bulldozers and excavators to do it either. The Romans just had ropes and men. And they pulled it all apart, brick by brick. Why did they do that in 70 AD? Why did they pull it so apart? Yep. Because they burnt the place. And all the gold and everything had melted and gone down in the rocks. And what would you do? Well, there's gold down there. Let's go digging. And so they pulled pull all the rocks off to get the gold that had melted. It'd be a lot easier just to take the gold and then burn the place down. (laughs) But they did it that way. And he said, it's all going to be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, so he's in the temple. He's woe upon Jerusalem in chapter 23. Desolations are coming. said look at the place and he said it's all going to be destroyed and as he said upon the man of olives the disciples came unto him privately saying tell us when shall these things be they didn't ask him straight away they said tell us when is this going to happen and what shall be the sign of thy coming and then the lord jesus in the rest of that chapter talked to the jews about what's going to happen to jerusalem and the jewish nation and that is relevant to them. We can look in and say there's, there's wonderful things there for us to see. But he he answered that question, when these things shall be, in Luke chapter 21, if you'd like to turn there. Luke 21 and verse 20. He said this, <clears throat> and when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed about with armies, Titus's armies in 70 AD, know that... It's desolation is near. Then, and, and that's a prophecy. You see, Jesus had told the disciples. They told the people that believed on the Lord Jesus after that. And so when Jerusalem was sacked and destroyed and desolated, no Christians were there. They all got out. They went. Then let them who are in Judea flee to the mountains. <laughs> let them who are in the midst of it depart and let not them that are in the countries enter into it. These are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. And so there it speaks about Jerusalem's desolation. So the commencement of the desolations, yes, Jesus' pronouncement the week before he died was it's going to be desolate. I, I say it starts then. But it really happened in 70 AD. And when as I've shared before, when we were in Israel and we went to the light and sound show that was in the north-west corner of the old city and Jill and I had to run there because the traffic was all blocked up. There was an accident. We had to better run a kilometre. We got there late and the doors were shut. I thought, oh, we paid for this. And he let us in. He let us right in like a big theatre. You're sitting on rocks, of course. And then on the big white stone, the sandstone walls, they had the movie going. About fifty foot tall, it was just and they had the desolations of Israel they had when they were taken captive by the Babylonians, they had that all in picture and song and music and there's all the thousands of people there and they're looking at this and uh, <coughs> you could almost hear them weeping for their forefathers, and then they had Titus taking. As we have it here in Luke 21. And then they said, and now we're back in the city and it will never happen again. And I felt like jumping up. It's going to happen again. Read the New Testament. You know, they were very emotional about what was going on, but they just weren't realizing what's going to happen again. Because you see there's the commencement of the desolation there's a continuation of the desolation in the outline and then there's a concluding of the desolation. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 6 Isaiah chapter 6 and see the continuation of the desolation in verse verse 9 it reads there and he said go and tell this people hear ye indeed but understand not and see ye indeed but perceive not and make The heart of this people fat. This is Isaiah 6. After he's just seen the Lord, high and lifted up. Now in verse 10. Make the heart of this people fat. Make their ears heavy. Shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and be converted and be healed. Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities be what? Wasted. Without inhabitant and the houses without men and the land be utterly what? The word? Desolate. Desolate. It's found heaps of times in relation to Israel. It's going to be like that. And as you drive around, <laughs> around Israel now, and Andrew pointed it out, he was driving, and he'd stop. He said, see over there? That's the city. Or that was the city. And you see a few rocks and a few foundations sticking out of the ground. Desolate. 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 And as Rachel said, as we went out the next day, going to see more rocks. <laughs> I said, Yeah, going to see more rocks. More rocks in Israel of desolation, desolation. Now they're building it again. And the Lord, verse 12, hath removed men far away, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But yet in all it shall be a tenth, and it shall return, and shall be eaten. And read about the return. Of from the desolation, so this desolation continued from the commencement with the destruction of Jerusalem, and even way back in when the Babylonians destroyed it, right up till today, it's being desolate. Have they got it all yet? Not. Mr. Krishna wrote up the deal for this peace deal with United Arab Emirates. You know what he did? Just like a Jew. <laughs> he, he said, we're annexing for the Arab people the Ala Aska Mosque, and if you go up in the Temple Mount, it's just there. That's the main operative. And the Dome of the Rock, which is, what, about 100 yards apart, up some stairs. And that's on the big Temple Mount, which is about 30-something acres. And he said, we're isolating them. But he didn't say... The Temple Mount. I don't know if the Arabs read the fine print before they signed it. (laughs) Because that allows a temple to be built for Israel. Which they have ready to go. In Amos chapter 9. And we haven't time to turn there yet. But right now. But that talks about they will not utterly be destroyed. But they will be sifted. They will be desolated. I remember back with mum. When we, us boys, it was a wet, must have been a wet day. We are inside on the farm and she'd be making cakes and things and you'd put the flour in this sieve. But it, I haven't seen them round these days. It was a thing you put it in. Yeah, John was around <laughs> and you wind the handle. Are they still here? See how much cooking I do? <laughs> Yeah, and you wind it and it gets it through and, and, and you can sieve all the weevils out and the lumps. And <laughs> you can throw them out. But Jerusalem and Israel will be sifted. Remember Jesus said that to Peter. He said, Satan's desire is to have you to sift you as wheat. And there's going to be a great sorting out and very few are going to be left. As we read in Isaiah, 10% it said there, Until, and there's an until there, (laughs) right in the middle of the one in Isaiah, the Lord said, How long? Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until the cities be wasted. And it's going to be a long time. And it has been a long time because it's been thousands of years, millenniums. So that's the continuation of this desolation, the start of the desolation or the commencement, now the concluding of the desolation. I'm just looking at the clock. The concluding of the desolation. This is about to happen. Hasn't happened yet. Turn to Daniel chapter 9. And you'll note there how often the word desolation is used. Verse 26. And you can preface it by reading the other verses for sake of time. Just reading 26. And after three score and two weeks—that's sixty-nine. After sixty-nine weeks of years, multiply sixty-nine by seven. From the commandment to go and build the city and the sanctuary, as it's given here, Messiah will be cut off. Messiah was crucified after sixty-nine weeks. And the people of the prince that shall come, there's a prince that's coming in the future, but his people will destroy the city. Well, because it's a historical fact that Titus, the Romans, destroyed the city in 70 AD, that there is going to come in the future a prince from that area, from the the old Holy Roman Empire. And he shall, uh, the prince shall come and, what is it, destroy, desolation, the city. This is the next time. And the sanctuary, and the end of it shall be with a flood. Utter desolations. And unto the end of the war, well, there it is, desolations are determined. This is the final and last desolation of Jerusalem. hasn't happened, but it's going to happen soon. And he, he, that prince that shall come from the Roman Empire in the future, shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. That's the 70th week of Daniel. Because it was 70 weeks and only 69 had been fulfilled when Messiah was cut off. And in the middle of that seven weeks, he shall cause the sacrifice of oblation to cease for the overspreading of abominations and shall make it desolate. Even until the consummation, and that determined shall be pulled upon the desolate, 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 desolate. Can you, what is happening here? There's going to be a great and a terrible desolation in the future concerning Israel, particularly Jerusalem, when all nations gather together against it and shall be destroyed. Who is the desolator? that initiates this last desolation, this concluding desolation, well, it's the Antichrist. It's the prince that shall come from the people that destroyed the sanctuary, the Romans. European Union. That's where it's going to come from. That's where this person, he's going to come in peaceably. He's going to obtain this kingdom by flatteries. He's going to be a good talker, a good peacemaker. He's going to, you have to be, to be able to, hoodwinked the Jews that are back in the land. They've got it all together. The economy is growing gangbusters. It's the biggest high-tech place in the world. High-tech companies are going in there in droves because they see that these people have got it. They can do it. And they are hoodwinked by the devil, devil's man, Antichrist. They sign a deal for seven years. And in the middle of that He turns on them. I believe he turns on them because they turn back to the Lord. And he said, you're not having any other Lord but me, (laughs) says the old Antichrist. And so he desolates the place. And he'll do what Antiochus Epiphanes did in Daniel chapter 11. And I'd like to go to all these verses. Not time to turn to them. Where Antiochus Epiphanes, before Christ came, there was, he offered a pig upon the altar in the temple. And that got the Jews mad <laughs> and they fought against him and uh, <clears throat> there's a whole history about that and daniel 11 31 daniel 12 verse 11 in the middle of this week he does the same now turn to or turn back to where we were in matthew chapter 24 matthew chapter 24 <clears throat> jesus spoke about this this is not just what we're saying Jesus spoke about this concluding desolation, this time when Daniel prophesied about about this one Antichrist coming. And in Matthew 24 and verse 15, Jesus said this, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolations, just like Antiochus Epiphanes did, and the Jews would have known that, that was history to them, Spoken of by Daniel the prophet, that we've just read about in Daniel, the desolation, the final desolation. He said, stand in the holy place. Whosoever readeth, let him understand. And the Jews in the tribulation will see that this one, Antichrist, is the one that is prophesied about. Then they'll start reading the New Testament. (laughs) And particularly this chapter, Matthew 24 and 25. You know what, Andrew is pumping that out all over Israel. This one. (laughs) As well as Isaiah 53. As well as about all the resurrection. And as uh, Pastor McConnell said, 250,000 have been paid for and set in motion. That's beside the 500,000 were put out earlier in the year. And pray to God that they would get saved before it's too late. (laughs) And if they don't, that they would realize that Jesus is their Messiah after we've gone <laughs> uh, <clears throat> how long well to the end to the end at the end of this time and if we'd stayed in Daniel there was 1260 days from the end from the middle to the end of the desolations wars are determined in fact there's another 35 30 days and 45 days added to it until the kingdom comes in Israel will be dissipated, desolated, dominated, humiliated, but they'll never, never be annihilated because the promises of God are to them for sure and God made the covenant and he's going to keep it. Nor will they be assimilated, which is a marvel of a nation. They have not been assimilated. Let's just turn and I said we would do this or I asked you to look at it if you could over the week but uh, Jeremiah chapter 4 and just briefly go through a a few of the verses that say they will not be annihilated they they will not be assimilated (laughs) chapter 4 verse 27 for thus hath the Lord said the whole land shall be desolate yet I will not make a what full end end. then not going to be totally annihilated go to chapter 5 and verse 10 just over the page go up upon her walls and destroy but make not a full end take away her battlements for they are not the Lord's and down to verse 18 of the same chapter nevertheless in those days saith the Lord I will not make a full end with you Jeremiah was living when it happened I will not make a what full end they're not going to be annihilated. Chapter 30 of Jeremiah and verse 11. 30 verse 11. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee, though I make a full end of the nations to which I have scattered thee. Watch out, any nation that goes and kills the Jew. (laughs) Yet will I not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure. It's like a pretty intense discipline of God upon Israel. I will not leave thee altogether unpunished. You're going to cop it for what you've done, but I'm not going to wipe you out. I'm not going to annihilate you. Now, how many times did God have to say this? Jeremiah is trying to encourage the people who were in the dispora, in the dispersion that was happening in his day. And he's just saying, you're going to come back. You know, this is bad, but you're going to come back. <laughs> Chapter 31, verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the the isles afar off. Declare it in Australia too. (laughs) And say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. Chapter 46 and verse 28. 46, 28 says, fear thou not, O Jacob, my servant, saith the Lord, for I am with thee, I will make I will make a full end of all the nations to which I've driven thee. That's a warning to the world. But I will not make a full end of thee, but correct thee in measure, and I will not leave thee wholly unpunished. And Ezekiel and other portions speak about it as well. And if you wanted to conclude on the thought of them being back in the land, back in the land after the terrible desolation of Antichrist, you can go to Jeremiah 31. And we haven't got the time. And look and read there about the new covenant he's made with Israel. He's going to bring them back. Now the counsel of the Lord concerning this. Let's go to Matthew and conclude with this from Matthew 24 where we started from. The counsel of the Lord to them. And we can take this as a way of application to ourselves too. And when ye therefore shall see the abomination, we read it before, of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. And you know, if if this message goes out and the Jews are listening to it when this happens, (laughs) later, let them understand, then let them who are in Judea do what? Flee. (laughs) Take off. Flee from the wrath that's coming, the desolation flee into the mountains let them who are on the housetops not come down to take anything out of the house it's going to be so urgent and so necessary to get out of there now don't go and try to take something of your worldly belongings neither let him who is in the field return back to take his clothes just run for the mountains (laughs) run for the mountains and woe to those that are with child because that's going to be hard To run with a child in those days, but pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither in the on the Sabbath day. For there shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world. And Revelation chapter twelve speaks of God's protection of the Jews after this massive desolation of Jerusalem by Antichrist. And God protects them for three and a half years. He gives the days, 1,260. That's three and a half years. If you divide it in, it only comes out to 360 days in the year. Why? Because God's dealing with Israel. That's how many days they have in their, in their year. It's not talking about the church. That's 365 and a quarter days. And that'd be a whole month by the end of seven years. So They'd be lost or gained. So <clears throat> Flee. Flee. Now, let's make an application of this to ourselves. Flee. What has God done to bring you to himself, to bring, to, for Christians, back to service to him? What desolations has he allowed personally to happen so that you and I might think about the Lord? You know what we should do? Flee to the Lord. Flee to the Lord. Don't wait another minute. Come to the Lord because today is the day of salvation. salvation. We have no guarantee of tomorrow. We're living in such a time when things start happening, they'll happen bang, 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 bang. You think it's bad now. And, and haven't things in the last year picked up pace? It's just everywhere. You know, fires and famines and pestilences. Have we got a worldwide pestilence? Some say it's man-made. Well, if it is, but it's still a pestilence. Locking us in, locking us out, locking us down and locking us up. Each one of those have happened in Victoria. We need to flee to whom? The Lord Jesus. Just as the Jews are told to flee from this desolation, there is a terrible and a... A worse desolation going to happen in this world than coronavirus. Matthew 13, 42, weeping and gnashing of teeth, which is the second death. In hell, hell where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched, said the Lord Jesus. In 2 Thessalonians 1, 8, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel. They don't believe that Jesus died for their sins. They say, no, I don't need a saviour. Flee to the Lord Jesus while there is time, who in Thessalonians again shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. Hebrews 10, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. We need to flee. Just as the Jews have been warned when this happens to them, this final desolation of Jerusalem, get out. Don't go back to the house. Get right with God now. Go to the mountains. And folks, and those that are listening, in, flee to the Lord. If you've got friends and family that need to hear the message, patiently pray first and then plead with them if they let you to talk about this. Praise the Lord. And we hear about it happening. Families are turning. People are listening people are saying, what's going on? Flee from the wrath to come. Flee to the Lord Jesus. Trust him. He died for your sins. He shed his blood to pay for your sins. You don't have to pay for them. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. You've warned us of the desolations. You've warned Israel of the desolations that are coming upon her, but you've warned us too. to flee from the desolation of eternal punishment. I pray that today someone might trust the Lord Jesus and say, yes, Lord, I believe you died for my sins. You paid for them on the cross. I repent and turn to you in faith, absolutely believing on your sacrifice for my sins. I believe today. He didn't have to join a church, Lord. They don't have to be baptised. they do have to believe may they believe today and flee to the loving arms of the Lord Jesus who will take them under his mercy and grace into his fold into his family and Lord I pray for Israel wake a few of them up before this comes and may all the millions of tracts that have been put out throughout Israel have an effect upon the nation upon the people And Lord, that they would wake up, if not now, in the day to come and flee to the feet of the Lord Jesus, the foot of the cross, where they find mercy and grace. We ask and pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.